420, number 60. Little Thug Rosé to start it off. Rosé. Um, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> nice strain. Um, looking forward to hitting it with y'all. Anybody want to start it? I think you should do the honors. All right. Mm-hmm. About to get knocked out like Zhang Wei Li. Oh, yeah. I wonder. That recent fight? Yeah, and there's Rose winning her title back. Oh, good. Or defending oh, the title. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, twice now against her. Yeah. Didn't catch either of those. Knocked her out with a head kick in the first round to get the title. Fucking okay. first mm-hmm. kick she threw. I mean, really? t- yeah. not even 20 seconds in. Cameras. Yeah. Uh-huh. Most perfect yeah, front. Yeah, it was laser. Yeah. What's her name again? The angle that it Rose came in at. Yes. <coughs> right up under the arm, too. It just entered right under. Oh, man. Cut the chin. Yeah, she is. It, it is, like, impressive how good she is. One of, one of my favorite fighters, male or female, to watch. She's, she's so technically sound and... Mm-hmm. And just I precise. liked her shoulder mm-hmm. <laughs> punches during one of her last fights. Um, oh, the shoulder strikes. That was, yeah, shoulder strikes. Those are fun. Yeah, but the way she just dismantled Ioana when she was, like, unstoppable. And uh, who is the chick who dropped her on her head, though? Andrade, right? Andrade, yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was, that was cool because Andrade, you know, fought hard and... You know, you can't take anything away from her. But that was more like, a, I think, a fluke, um, you know, win than actual, like, you know, I think that was just Andrade kind of... kind of got lucky. Gritting it out, yeah. you know, taking a little bit of a beating and then, you know, having that strength to pick her up and, you know, um, kind of slam her down. And she just took a bad fall yeah. on that. Um, <coughs> but, yeah, she's just so such a dominant fighter. And who's she, who's she fighting now? Carla Esparza? Esparza, yeah. Yep. Settle their beef. When is that? A uh, couple months, I think. Maybe June. I like her. She's like really... Well, Rose, mm-hmm. I like her. She, I follow her on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, she just has... I just like her... Persona. Persona, yeah. I like how what she looks like when she walks into these things. I like how she just approaches anything really she likes gardening a lot <laughs> so she, she got that farmer strength <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't know she seems really positive most of the time and calm and you know i don't know she's pretty cool yeah i used to have somebody i used to work with someone who look would look like her brother like her twin brother yeah yeah <laughs> i told him he's like what i didn't even know she existed <laughs> And then What'd you like, tell him? You look like this chick. Yep, I did. <laughs> like a fucking girl. But she's a really fighter. Okay, she's good looking. You know, she's a cool looking. I know she doesn't have hair. She's not. The she's hot without the feminine. hair. She was hot with the hair. I think she's still. Oh hot yeah, I wonder. Like, yeah, the whole Demi Moore comment, right? <laughs> it's, it's funny. You can't have like you know. There's not too many like people like Demi Moore. Doug Rose, Jada. Mm. I mean, what other pretty hot? Ball chicks. 
bald Sinead chick, O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. She was hot <laughs> yeah. in her day. Yeah, what's the, uh, Amber, what's her name? Uh, she's like, that chick's famous as fuck. I can't, mm. Amber, it is Amber, it's Amber Rose. Her last name's Rose, too. That's funny. Or her name. And she has a shaved head? Yeah. I shaved my head twice. I think she's, she just gets it because she's got you the should. big butt. <laughs> I think though. Oh, you try to answer yourself into the no, into no, the no. running hair. No, you clearly, got the Demi you can, Moore. You, clearly, I have longer hair now. I haven't shaved it in a while, so. But I think you got to have that slender, sharper features for to pull that look. Strong off. features for are a good. Chick My, to have a shaved head. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah. if you think about all the girls, at least that I just named, they have that mm-hmm. kind of. I bet you probably look pretty good with a shaved head. Now I don't know. I feel like I'm too skinny. But, yeah. Um, I. People liked it when I had it. I just, it was very convenient. Like, man, that your hair was shorter when I first met you, wasn't it? Yeah. At the first show. Because <laughs> didn't you guys associate that back in the day with oh, for sure. shaved um, heads was, you know, chicks who were lesbians? Any shaved Carpet part of your for head, sure. for some reason, indicated that you were a lesbian. Like, I've gotten that so many times. So... Also, we know someone who thought I was straight up just a lesbian. Yeah? Colin. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah. You're, you the, you're the did one who told me that? that. Yeah, you told me that. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> That's funny. That's right. Like, what is it that girls give off? Yeah, what was your lesbian vibe? <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm asking you guys. You guys are the ones who notice. I'm going to have to ask Apparently. Colin. I'll be like, so what was I never, Anna's lesbian vibe? Where'd you get that? I don't think I ever pegged you for a box muncher. So <laughs> There are things people know and things that people don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Well, mm. I think you might have mu- bu- munched some bucks. <laughs> wow, the things you find out on a podcast. <laughs> uh, we smoked this very quickly. Yeah, the thug rose goes quick. But also, can I just say, I know you guys don't like filters. That's fine. But can we have okay. something for... Filter day? Just start putting crutches in there. Yeah. All right. Just so one weed doesn't fall out the other end, doesn't fall in my mouth, and I'm good. It doesn't get all squished. Even though. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, I feel like we're usually ending it by this point anyway. In my mind, the crutches were always so you could smoke it to the bone. But do we? We never do. We leave more. We smoked more today than we normally do. Uh oh. (laughs) <laughs> Watch out, well, guys. Well, we are talking about weed, yeah. so mm-hmm. it's exactly. fitting. Yeah. It fits. Can know. I start with a question? When was the first time you smoked weed, and how long until you, like, essentially normalized it in your life? Because for me, it wasn't, it wasn't like an easy, oh, this is something I'm going to do now. Like, I kind of battled with it for at least the first year or two where it was like I felt guilty about it and kind of like uh, I, I just, I didn't even agree with it necessarily the first time I tried it. I was pressured into it, you know. It's like the typical peer pressuring thing. And I just broke at a party. Everybody was like, come on, just try it. And I was like, all right, hit the bong. And then I was like, oh, magic. <laughs> Next oh, thing I magic. knew, I was boiling hot dogs in my friend's fucking kitchen and just raiding his pantry and yeah i don't know with the munchies yeah <laughs> i was 14 
Mm-hmm. I was 13 the first time I tried it, I guess, secondhand, sort of like uh, just being around a group at the skate park and somebody just like fucking passed me a joint and I pretended to hit it. But that party was like the first time where I was really actually stoned. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Was it fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun for about an hour until my mom realized that I was at a party and not doing whatever I said we were doing. My, and I, you were high. Yeah. Yeah. For the first time. You get all paranoid. Oh, super fucking paranoid. <laughs> my, I had a, one of my best friends was staying the night with me and my my good friend growing up, he just lived like almost catty corner on the same street they it was weird we both had the same houses growing up like the only two houses on the in the whole neighborhood that had the exact same structure but everything was mirror mode so just reverse on the order of features but uh his parents like went out of town so he had a bunch of kids over and it took my mom a few hours so like she was like watching down the street seeing what was going on over there saw all these cars pull up and she called me and was like, what, what are you guys doing over there? She's like, why don't I, I don't see his parents' car, you know, they, they're, they're <laughs> gone or whatever. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, luckily when we went, we had to go back to my house. Like the, the, the house was still dark. My dad was watching a movie half asleep on the couch and uh, my mom's sitting on the couch in the dark. So I just told him, I was like, go straight downstairs. I was like, I'll handle it. I know I reek like weed. My eyes are like half closed and i just told her i was like oh yeah i don't know I, I i didn't know what was going on we went over there and a bunch of people were there so they were smoking yeah <laughs> Yeah. My contacts are bothering me. That's why my eyes are dry. And I, that was always my go-to. Yeah, contacts are dry. Yeah. 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 I even know if I remember my first time. I remember finding my parents' pipe in the drawer when I was young. You know, like eight. It's like that typical uh-huh. commercial. You know, that commercial. Where did you get this? Right, totally. I got it from you. <laughs> uh, and I like. I remember I tried to smoke, but it must have been a cash bowl in retrospect, and it just went through. And so I just like inhaled a bunch of ashes in my mouth. And I thought that was disgusting, and I was like, Why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> you know? Gross. Right. I think I thought it was tobacco too, but then uh, later I realized. And I don't think I remember the first time after that. I can remember the era, but yeah. I, I can't really remember the first time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I got high the first time. Uh-huh. So I don't know if it was like bunk weed or you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. fake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, shit, man, I've smoked regularly since I was 14. Hmm. I mean, back in junior high, we had this like building that was like the sports building where they kept all the mats for like pole vaulting. You know what I'm saying? And all the hmm. things like that. Um, so we'd go behind the shed and smoke weed. We'd smoke weed in class. <laughs> I mean, like, you'd lift your... Because do you guys... I don't know if you guys had this back in the day. But we had, like, desks that would had lift up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you could put your stuff in there. Yeah. So you'd lift <laughs> it and you'd take a one and fucking... <laughs> I mean, we were a little insane. toilet paper roll. I got like busted when I was in um, eighth grade, so before high school. With we stole all these beakers and shit from the science room to make bongs, and so we had all these bongs. We were going to sell them to kids, and we got busted with these in our locker. 
right? I had some friends that did that too. Made them in like shot Like, okay, what's stuff. the average size of these bongs? Like, how they many bars? They were beaker size. You, you know the, um, you know the beakers <laughs> that you would put on the chemistry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have all the stoppers, and you know you'd have the bent fucking tubes that mm-hmm. made really great hitters. And I forgot how we made the bowls. We had to do something to. That's cool. Get that, but yeah, we were smoking regularly since then. I was smoking mm-hmm. all the way through the army. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we were fucking running missions in Africa, and we'd be smoking weed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people would think that that was pretty insane, but I don't know. Even back then, it just seemed like you would get into it, like you would get in tune with mm-hmm. things. It could also help take the edge off, or like. like yeah, said, I, w- I wasn't more. an edgy person. I've never really been an edgy person, so um, you know that paranoid feeling or um, anxious feeling. I just don't get that smoking weed. I never. No, I mean like. Got that before. If some people who are edgy mm-hmm. usually smoking weed can help take. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It might make them edgier. Though. I don't know. That's I think it makes I, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. But there is I don't know. Because if think, somebody was already edgy, like and then I don't know if I yeah, want to run a mission. I've definitely with them. seen it amplify some people. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I know someone who mm-hmm. can't really smoke weed because of that. Right. Yeah. I think that's how you? a lot of people that's what I was gonna say earlier. I think, you know, a lot of people who get paranoid, I was thinking about this actually not um, too long ago. And I wonder if they get paranoid because their first couple experiences, they got in trouble or they were so afraid that they were going to get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So then it made this psychological (laughs) association. I don't feel like, how I would put it is paranoia is is heightened awareness Mm -hmm. and maybe in a overly... You know, it can get it can get like binded to like a fear thing or a specific. But you can thing, create you know? something that isn't real for with sure. Paranoia, Ex- yeah, and yeah. And then it's like a it's exaggerated it's or whatever. A, it's yeah. a fabricated. Well, that's cool. You, you could think of it that way. But like someone who's paranoid is aware of everything. Yeah, it's like yeah. You know I mean, you're, you're thinking about this person's aware. behavior. Yeah, I, you're like, I don't, I don't know, because I think they get so. This is what I think mm-hmm. is. I think they get so focused on something bad happening that they can't. Yeah. read well, yeah. what's going on. So that's what I'm saying. Like if I was it's changed if I was it's going changed. on a mission mm. with somebody, I wouldn't want them paranoid as fuck because everything would make them jumpy. I'd want somebody right. who yeah, yeah, yeah. is focused and calm. It's a f- and right. Okay. That's but true. But have you ever been paranoid while smoking weed? Because Not I've really. experienced I mean, paranoia smoking weed only a couple times. Like mm-hmm. I, I do. I always had. A good, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? I, like I'm paranoid right now. No, <laughs> like ninety nine percent of the time I smoke weed, I feel great. Actually, I'm someone who's like I overthink in general. <laughs> so if I am bothered or stressed about something and I do smoke weed, it just helps me relax for a second hmm. and then just focus on what I need See, to focus I on. I couldn't say that it ever does one thing. Right. Because, like, for example, there was a time when I didn't smoke weed right when I woke up in the morning. And then I started to do that. And a couple times I felt, like, really, like, inspired and like in the moment and I was like, oh man, this is the shit. And then, so I started smoking in the morning and then, you know, I'm lazy. You know, I'm like not connected to the moment because of the weed. Yeah. 
So sometimes I'll be, I'll be, sometimes it, it, like I don't like to smoke before bed because it makes my overactive <laughs> mind go a little buzzed out. And then other times it has the opposite effect. It can, you know what I mean? Like I, that time, you know, when we did that photo shoot and I was, I had a paranoia attack on the way home, <laughs> fucking anxiety attack. Hell yeah, I did. Well, but like, <laughs> It was a lot, but, yeah. but then, so, but, but then I played some drums and it's, one of the best moments, yeah. You know I mean, well, so, you were able to take that and turn it into something mm, right. pleasurable and productive. So for me, my relationship with it is like it's never, it's not this, it's not that. It doesn't do this to me. It's like totally dependent on how I. So many factors, you know. Maybe Timothy Leary had like set setting and dose mm-hmm. to like determine right the aspects of a. a uh, mind altering experience yeah but any mind altering experience yeah. you know what I mean so and well, he, he was one of those that was a proponent of not smoking regularly too he would say right? yeah he would suggest like taking or no I'm thinking of um, who was the other guy Ram Dass no 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 uh, t- uh, Terrence McKenna McKenna yeah uh, McKenna was the one he would say you should take like mm-hmm. a month or two off let mm-hmm. your Mm-hmm. Uh, tolerance come back down, and then you say, then get violently high, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. say, smoke like six joints, and and then mm-hmm. take that ride. Well, he's know? trying to get like a psychedelic experience yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I have a, and I also have a less like I've I've tried all kinds of that stuff. Like there's been periods in my life where I've said I only smoke when I'm gonna like make music. There's a period that I only put my little container like by my computer and my guitar amp and shit. And it was only then. Because I, I have a, a up and down relationship with it. Because mm-hmm. I I couldn't I would never promote it, and I also wouldn't dismote it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I've thought at times it maybe it has like done some damage. And I've gone you know I've gone a couple years without smoking. I've taken time off. I've done it's months impressive. off. I've done uh huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For someone who can't even take a day off. <laughs> right. And then, you know, in some ways I was, you know, stoned for... 12 years you know what i mean you could say and then and then some gaps here and there so so yeah i wouldn't you know as far as like like commenting on how like i've normalized it in my life i've never been able to like totally normalize it and maybe i don't even want to i couldn't say that that's a good thing you know it's like uh um, and then maybe also I could say we don't have a good tradition of how to, to have a relationship with substances, you know, like maybe like native peoples, they have their mind altering things that they use and then they have ways in which times you use it, times you don't, ways in which you use it, you know, and I've tried to do that with it, you know, I've learned, you know, it's not good to do taxes for them, <laughs> <laughs> right? And yet when I go play drums, it can be amazing, right? It can be creativity can, can, it's relationship to creativity is maybe my favorite aspect to it, you know? Um, so, and then nowadays I'm at a point where I'm like, I take four or five hits a week, you know, that's it. If I, I have not time to, s- <laughs> well, not including this, but this is just hemp, so it doesn't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's always before I paint. You know, what I mean, it has to be a time that I have like two hours and I'm good. And then may, a couple, maybe there's a couple other times where I'm like, I'm chilling. You know, there's a couple of times where I'm like, oh, it's 8 p.m. I got some time to like, it's always working on stuff. Like, you know, so that's that's where I'm at with it right now. You know, 
Yeah, when I was mean, your first I'd... time. <clears throat> My first time. Well, so first of all, listening to all of your stories, it makes me just it just confirms how different of a childhood I've had. Hence, <laughs> <laughs> um, I. My first time smoking weed, I was in my mid twenties, hmm. so less, you know, Might no more thing. than five years ago. Um, and actually, the first time, like first few times, it just I didn't get like I didn't get high. Um, then that, so I ate an edible once, and that's <laughs> only one. <laughs> Um, it was really interesting. It just made me laugh. Like the first time I was that I was high, I was just giggly, and then I just had like these roller coasters of, or like I don't know, it's like waves of. Um, it was just a ten milligram chocolate, but it was my first time. So, um, I mean, I think that's a normal dose. I just. <laughs> Right. For you, that's <laughs> just a sprinkle on a cake. That's getting up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> 10 milligrams. Oh, I still, up. you know, I still don't consume a lot of edibles. And when I do, even if it's a 10 milligram gummy, I'll eat it in half. And then if I want to, if I start feeling it coming down, that's when I eat another one. Mm-hmm. But, but what do you guys think about this with the gummies? I mean, again, I'm going to just voice my opinion about this like a friend of mine has this company and they make delicious gummies i mean they're if you're going to eat a gummy like if i was going to eat gummy bears i would want them to taste like their gummies they're so good but therein to me lies a big problem right because you eat one gummy at least for me you know that's gonna a 10 milligram is plenty for me at least on edibles and then you want more um, Gummies. Yeah, then you want more gummies, <laughs> right? But so they should like make them. They should make one. them one gram or a half a gram, milligram. Uh, right. Like a whole right, pack should be yeah. like a dose or a dose and a half. So you could just right eat yeah. the gummies. I think that makes I perfect think sense. There are no, it doesn't. To do that. Because yeah. you would be smoking a joint all day. Then, based on that, like logically, you have to. I get it. Gummies are good, but you can have. <laughs> other gummies and you can know the difference if, <laughs> what I'm saying. If, if you know if somebody could even drive i think they could also tell the difference between two bags of gummies well if they I'm really saying, wanted to a, a gummy is an example but when they make a delicious tasting weed infused yeah. product right you appreciate that, it for what it is right but if it's like Again, you're talking weed, where weed then yeah, it's I think hard, it's contributes to non-infused gummies that taste as good as some of those infused gummies do. Yeah, huh? It's probably because they're like more small batch, like smaller company. Yeah, they're being made or, with good ingredients. Right, and shit exactly. Too, a lot of them. It's you know? not. Yeah, some huge company. Yeah. And I've got to taste a lot yeah. of the evolutions hmm. of them. Man, I tell you, they're like for a gummy. Hmm. It's Fine like goddamn, these are mm-hmm. delicious. I'll forever say robots, I think, are my favorite edible company. Those gummies are bar none, the, the, the best on the market. I don't think I've ever even done an edible gummy. Really? <laughs> I don't think oh. so. Have yeah, you done cookies, any edibles? Yeah. Cookies. 
Usually homemade. I've never homemade? bought anything at the store. And there you go. You know? There yeah. is the problem too, right? Oh, you never know. You yeah, never you know take you and those are super potent. I love those for a concert. I'll always <laughs> yeah. I, I go a little at a time because you never know. Right. And but uh, again, I had somebody made a batch, and they were fucking delicious. I mean, they were snickerdoodles, mm-hmm. and so. Too good. Again, I was telling that's what I told her. I said these are like way too good mm-hmm. to yeah. have, right? So I yeah. took them to a party. And this was the test. I'm telling you, this was like a test. I told everybody, I'm like, these are potent as fuck. Yeah. Don't eat more than one. And people are like, oh, cool, man. And it was a big fucking batch. I mean, this was like a massive batch of cookies. Mm. And so. That makes like it more attractive, work. too. They were delicious. Like a, a bunch of them. People yeah, right. ate one, <laughs> but then you get high and you forget. Right. And what do you do? You go back, oh, look at those delicious-looking right. cookies, delicious-tasting yeah. cookies. No self-control. I'm not even saying it's about self-control. It's just a slip of the – like, it's like eating one cookie. It's like, come on. If they're good cookies – Yeah, but what if I ate a cookie and I had I mean, the intention of – controlling the amount of cookies I ate (laughs) by eating other things (laughs) and socializing to say we're at a party, right? Like I have that in my mind. All right, don't eat more than one. Don't eat more than one. So you need there to be cookies and some celery with peanut butter (laughs) and some egg rolls. Well, I mean, if there's cookies, I imagine there's other things. But then there's people who are like, oh, I don't feel it. And I'm going to eat three more. Then this is what I'm saying. They should make like infused celery and peanut butter, right? Because mm-hmm. then you'd only eat one. You're not going to be like, oh, these are so delicious. I'm going to eat six <laughs> celery sticks with peanut butter. I mean, I think it might be I good. I think it's right. cool that people who <laughs> want to make delicious weed infused foods can do so. I think they should do so. But you should do things with things that you don't really require more than one. But... Again, who in their right mind, if they're going to eat a cookie, like just a normal size cookie, not big cookie, and there's a plate of them, it's just going to be like, oh, I'll just have one. Well, how many That's do you plan on having? That's skinny chick at the wedding. <laughs> I'm going to right? eat like four like, at least. I'll just have one. It's like, no, grab a couple cookies. Is that right? the only cookie on the table? Oh, there's oatmeal raisin over there. I'm That'll a growing boy, all right? I need my, I need my food. <laughs> When I was 16 on Christmas, uh, me and my friend decided to make an infused cake. And um, we, <clears throat> I think we ate probably half of it one night just between the two of us. And we both got way too fucked up and just fell asleep at his house. Same friend that had the party. So this was like just a few houses down. And um, the next day we split up what was left and I took it home. And I didn't think to like, hide it better when i was coming in so it's like christmas day my family's or christmas eve i guess would have been at this point and my family's all gathered like you know i got relatives in visiting and stuff and everybody's in the living room yeah yeah everybody's like just had breakfast and stuff and i'm walking in with this fucking foil wrapped plate of cake that's infused and super strong and smells like weed i'm pretty sure it was green too because we just (laughs) made the butter so poorly um 
and I'm just like trying to get down in my room and my mom and my sister are like, what do you got there? And I was like, uh, just some leftover cake. Daniel's mom gave me, no, no big deal. Tastes like, like shit. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, let us see it. And I was like, oh, nope, this is all for me. I'm, I'm eating it myself. I was like, you know, just trying to make it like I didn't want to share. So I like took it downstairs and <clears throat> um, yeah, at some point or another, my sister used to have a knack for sneaking in my room and going through my shit all the time. So she snuck in there to sneak a bite. And I just waited to see what happened. She was extra giggly that day. I, I don't think to this day, I don't know if I ever told her what had happened. But <laughs> yeah. She was toast. Yeah. Yeah. I had to make up a whole lie about how I just didn't want to share the fucking cake because it was so good. Um, Wouldn't that be, be like insane piece. if you didn't know, right? And you just had a day where you like, somebody slipped you some acid. You know what I'm saying? And you mm, had no idea, really? Yeah. You just start tripping? Did you, like, think you were, like, fucked up? Or So I had, to this point, I hadn't ever had an experience with straight liquid LSD, you know, like the purest form. And uh, my my friend, who was, uh, he was our guitar player at the time, also named Jordan, um, we were, it was on a Valentine's Day, which was hilarious because everybody was in a bad mood that we were getting together for practice. It was like the only time to rehearse before this big show we had, and we all had to cancel dates with our girlfriends and stuff. And I think he was the only one that didn't have somebody to, you know, spend his Valentine's with, so he... He showed up, he had his little vial. He didn't say anything. None of us knew he had it or anything. This dude was like a deadhead and all that super tripped out kid. But we're like just sitting, basically argue in the middle of an argument about how everybody had shit to do. And without any of us knowing, the four of us are standing around and he dosed each of us on our hands. He literally was just squirting it on our, like big squirts onto our hands. So it wasn't like a well dosed little one hit fucking drop on there it was like a whole splash is on my hand and halfway through the conversation we all realized something wets on our fucking hand and we're like what the fuck and he's just over in the corner kind of giggling about an hour goes by and we all start we're in the middle of practice at this point you know playing music and the music starts fucking getting trippy we all started looking around at each <laughs> other and we're like all right something's going on here Long story short, we all got in a fucking wild fight that night. Somehow, 20 strangers ended up at our house in the backyard with a bonfire. My bass player was, he tripped in the fire. He fell over the fence and got his shoe stuck in a way where he was literally hanging upside down, busted his face open. Me and the guitar player got in a fight. Me and my drummer got in a fight. I kicked everybody out of the house at like 3 a.m. And then my bass player moved out the next morning. Oh, it's a result of this fucking crazy trip that we had. Uh, okay, but, but question. How does somebody get liquid, a lot of liquid on your hand without you noticing? Because it's like, it was essentially like body temp. Like you, you, it wasn't like a very noticeable temperature difference. It's also like just like squirt 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 yeah yeah but how just, was <laughs> and we're in the we're in the it's a little fucking squirt bottle right so it literally just squirts out in a perfect yeah, little stream like you could. and he's he's like 
we're in like the middle of like a heated like argument. Sh- yeah, just like that. Oh so, my so he, like, and he's, 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 don't see it, he's yeah, we're all, we're all fucking you. probably motioning with our hands and shit. And at some point or another, he just saw his opening with each of us and he's just timed it. Yep, just fucking timed it perfectly. And then, yeah. But that was one of the most intense trips I've ever had for sure. Yeah, I forgot about that, that it can seep through your skin. Because now that I, Think about it. We were always told, you know, don't touch it, you know, because you'll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, would it go I, through that quick? Would oh, it, it, is it yeah. that transdermal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's quick. Yeah, because. Yeah. Even like. But I think you need more. I was going to say, like, right. one hit, if you yeah, hold it between your fingers. Tongue, I think it's different than one drop on the skin. What do you think? I disagree. You think? Yeah, because he, he actually lost that vial that night. And I, from my own experience, I ended up finding it. And it had about maybe a third of it left in there. And I slowly was dosing it out over a couple months until I lost it. Anyway, I ended up finding it when it was empty, or so I thought. And I put water in there one night where I was like, I wonder if I could get anything <laughs> else out of here. Get one or two. I, I fill it up with water and I, no joke, like I just squirt that mm-hmm. on my hand and I, I never put any in my mouth. That was bar none the most intense trip mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life. And it was watered down, like mm-hmm. heavily fucking watered down. Yep. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, I was holding on to the concrete in the backyard feeling like I was going to fall off the face of the earth. And my drummer and some of his friends came in at like 1 a.m. I had been there for over an hour fucking holding on in the backyard, trying not to. I can't hold on Yeah. (laughs) And when they came in, I was like, guys, I'm so happy you're here. I was like, I can't get up. I was like, something's trying to pull me off of the earth right now. And they're like, you're fucking fucked up, dude. They had to lift me up and like carry me inside and shit. Yeah. (laughs) I've never gone that deep. I guess. And I've taken probably four, five hits max at a time. But they've all been like pretty uh, pretty intense, but we were always doing fun shit. So there was never really like a hard, bad trip or mm-hmm. anything like that. I wonder if that's not going deep enough or if it's setting the intention stage, you know, for what you're going to do. Like not eat an extra cookie. <laughs> <laughs> what about bad experiences with weed? You guys had any of those? Um, hmm. Mean on my way home from the photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's like every time. I've only had them from edibles. Yeah, those. Are, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, I've had one from. Um, I think this is the highest I ever got with that, and it was liquid it was like a lemonade or something that my friend had they bought it and i got like i drink a shot worth i think the whole bottle was two servings mm. so i think i got less than what was even intended but it was the highest i had ever been because i couldn't tell i was talking with two of my friends and i couldn't tell if i had thought the thought or if I had spoken the thought (laughs) and like the time was a little confused it was like time was just not real did I say (laughs) that out loud yeah did I just say that or did I just think that that is when it gets psychedelic yeah I remember getting first time I did like a dab with the blowtorch and shit it was like a friend of mine had a a dispensary and they had like a uh 
he also worked on cars. It was attached to a garage. And out there, he had the whole rig or whatever. And I remember having an experience like that in a circle of people. Yeah. You know? And, like, yeah, totally but freaking out. In the move. inside, though. Like, I do it all on the inside. You wouldn't yeah. know. I think you wouldn't know. Right? I just like have a blank. Like, yeah. But I'm freaking out. I'm like, my arms can't move. Or, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what happens is I go through ordeals. I have ordeals. Of ordeals. <laughs> yeah, it's an ordeal. Like, sometimes I get stu- too stoned. I'm like, great. You know, now the next hour is a fucking ordeal. I just have to, like, go through this. <laughs> That's what I thought, you know, just the other day. Because I know it now. So I have to just be like, all right, well, um, all these things I'm thinking probably aren't true. You know what I mean? Do you, so you get, like... Yeah, like, like social stuff. Uh-huh. You know, I might think about my life. I'm not, like, seeing the earth isn't pulling me off the edge <laughs> or anything like that. But, you know, stuff like that. I'll get yeah, paranoid, you could say. I get paranoid. I try yeah. to, like, whenever, because I've driven sometimes, well, hi, but what? Um, what? just ever so slightly, <laughs> but there are times, so if I'm being around, if I'm around people, um, I just start getting in my head about it, or even if I'm going somewhere, I get in my head about, like, oh, the person at this stop is thinking something but then i'm like no i'm just high i'm just high huh at the stoplight at the stop sign (laughs) (laughs) you could be walking um he's like that person's gonna come with me (laughs) yeah no i start thinking that all eyes are on me and i don't like all eyes Mm, i have thoughts like that so i have thoughts like that but then i just try to remind myself (laughs) yeah yeah well it's or I'll think that they think something about the music I'm listening to. Yeah, exactly. Or like, <laughs> it's just random, nonsensical. Like, nonsensical. Like, that too. like well, uh, but this music's too black for me. <laughs> right, so, I try to think yeah. about okay, I I know I'm high, so I'm just experiencing this, and then I just focus on what's you know in front of me or next to me or wherever I am. Mm-hmm. It usually just helps me get in the flow. Yeah, yeah. I mean to me. <clears throat> this applies with psychedelics too as I found that they all have that effect on me where it can be an ordeal or a bad trip or a and you learn how to like navigate it you know you learn how to be in that thing you know what I mean um, so that's a part of it too you know it's like you learn how to ride the wave right of it right so yeah and that's when it can be really good too. That's what's that's what's weird about it is like when it's the most it could it it could be a bad trip or I could have a panic attack or something. That's also the time maybe I could be the most in the moment if I'm playing music or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, um, it helps. Yeah, we get in the flow or whatever. I think it yeah. definitely mm-hmm. does helps you go deeper. Right, and I just tend not to like it so much socially anymore. Like maybe a little bit, you can laugh with your friends or whatever. But I tend to get in my head socially anyway, mm-hmm. even if I'm not. <laughs> if I'm well, when you say sober, socially, you know? do you mean like just hanging out yeah. in a place, eating yeah. and talking with anybody? Yeah, really. You know? Well, yeah. but then if you went on like a hike with people, that would be maybe That'd- a social. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's different. a good point. Yeah, and yeah. that would be I would be less, uh, you know, prone to get in my head socially. I think yeah. it has to do with just sensory overload, maybe being in a busy place when you're in those social. Settings. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, well, which is the same as being like a height, having a heightened yeah. awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and I think maybe I already have like a, 
like uh, you know maybe in that that personality category there's one called I think it's neurosis <laughs> which is like sensitivity to negative emotion and I think I have some of that related to people you know and so that's just something I got to watch for is that like I can get spun out so it's not always just like the environment because yeah outside that does do that outside can chill things out but it's also um just my personal thing with, with like people, if you're you know? busy working through this steep hill you're probably not busy thinking about totally. what the trees are exactly making. and that gets me in the moment more <laughs> yeah you know but a good conversation can too so it's not like weed and you know it's not like I, I can't have a thing with people but that's where for me i could get spun out yeah maybe the most easily yeah like amongst um trivial stuff that's where i find right? uh-huh. that's what so this is where i think weed is you know such a benefit i think it's great for health and wellness but it it allows you to go deeper that's what i think right with pretty much everything that that i set myself up around the thing that bothers me when i'm smoking weed is the trivial shit when people are the trivial shit. I'm not mm, talking about mm. trivial stuff as far as, you know, you got to do trivial things, you got to do trivial things. But I'm talking about like, it's almost like, in my mind, I'm wasting a good high when I'm sitting, you know, like if I was doing something I didn't want to do, like if I had to go to Walmart, right? Mm, mm-hmm. Or Costco. Like for me, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to smoke up and go to Costco. <laughs> you, you know what no. I'm saying? Right. And if you were stoned going there, you probably, I, I would probably be Eating a little bit more, you know, like, no, no, that, that's what I'm saying. I would look at stuff like that almost with more disdain, you know, yeah. like where it's like, look at this. This is like fucking cattle. So that kind of stuff. But that might be the time that me personally, uh-huh. let's say that I have to do something after, you know. Uh, that's the time for me to put on headphones and like listen to music and just get into in that. Costco. Yeah, in Costco. Yeah, just put my I've got a playlist. Bam, bam. I, I'm in there for two things mm-hmm. or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like that's you know. So that's that's what I would do with that kind of you know. I catch myself doing exactly what he just described, mm-hmm. where I see somebody if I. <clears throat> If I watch somebody pick canola oil off the shelf, I'll visibly be on the so aisle. So what like you guys are saying head. is that if you guys are high and are doing <laughs> trivial things, you just become so judgmental about doing. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that 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 is maybe, but I'm saying there's like more of I think a heightened to annoyances. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I mm. think that. Mm-hmm. In my in my life, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to position my life so that pretty much everything that I do is orchestrated by me and, you know, eliminates the things that, you know, aren't something that moves me in a direction that I want to do, right? And that's selfish in some regards, but I think that it also allows me to be the best um, for other people. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if I had to go, and I was never, ever pressured into these types of events, but to hang out with, like, a dinner party, and I have zero in common with people, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm pretty, um, 
on a different side of the things that I like to do. So for me to go sit and talk with people who have like nine to five jobs, unless I was trying to psychologically understand, you know, something about them, some deep <laughs> philosophical thing, uh, it would be the worst fucking thing to sit there and hear <laughs> what's going on. Like when I had to go to these um, office Christmas parties for Aaron, like, they were fucking horrible. And this yeah. was big money. These were wealthy people. But those are horrible even for the people who do the same thing. Well, right. But what I'm saying is when I listen to what their daily, you know, activities are and what what their life is like, is like and know. what it evolves around, revolves around, I'm like, this, yeah, this wouldn't. It's like soul sucking, huh? Yeah. yeah. Well, for, that's for me, that's why you, you would share your stories to shed some light on different options. Well, yeah. If I no, wasn't I high, it. like I yeah. wouldn't want to go there high. That's that's Hell what no. I'm saying. Yeah. I would never. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to do no. that, right. mm. same. That's gonna make it a. I horrible feel like Jordan experience. would get high to go to something right. like that. I have to. I have <laughs> to. Oh, well, obviously, I yeah. have to. Yeah. 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 I'm not going if I can't smoke like that, that i did is, smoke but i'm but it, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it just it just brings out all of that even more where you're like i heard someone say like the be, the thing to do in those situations is you like at you find that person's like thing they're interested in get them yeah. to talk about themselves you know what i mean like you, there's you there's ways questions. yeah there's ways to get to something interesting you know what i mean there's also man, a that's tactic like, to, to avoid telling someone things uh, yeah. <laughs> like I know people who would use that as like in a conversation when they couldn't share certain things um, but I was aware of it and the other person wasn't this the the one they were talking to would just ask questions um, like they would say something interesting get them going off of that and then keep asking mm -hmm. more personal mm -hmm. questions to bring the attention back to them right um it's just really something interesting that just reminded me of 40 year old virgin or whatever when the <laughs> guys are teaching each other how to hit on shit yeah. or whatever and he's like you just ask questions <laughs> yeah. just keep yeah. asking questions you just turn every answer into the next question <laughs> but no i've heard that too that that's like but i'm but some people are really good at that yeah stuff. for sure yeah. a lot of sales guys are good uh, and i think yeah, there's probably people that would be good at hanging at, or like socializing with someone and good at getting to someone's interesting i think you could say that everybody's interesting mm -hmm. in some way and if you could find that right then it doesn't become this mundane you well, know like well right but i experience. think i think when you're in a small group it's fantastic even if it's mm -hmm. a small group of people that um you don't necessarily know very well but there's some level of connection you know what i'm saying at least for me mm -hmm. like if yeah. if it was a group of people who like to snowboard for instance right mm -hmm. or do martial mm -hmm. arts and i didn't know them, well we're going to have things right. that we can talk about and where we can go yeah. if it's somebody mm -hmm. who's just mm -hmm. you know talking about their kids right like for me that's a really difficult thing because i don't have kids so when i'm been at these places and you know people are talking about kids i'm kind of like and then it's not even talking about the kids. It's talking about the problems of right. parenthood and, and you know, the what teachers I'm saying. And, and the then it's like you hear about people's jobs and you're like, oh, my God. That's why I don't partake in this environment. Yeah. And then yeah. imagine it, though, weed-wise, right? You're all high, but around like a table of 12 people and everybody's mm -hmm. talking. And you're like, mm -hmm. it's almost like... Um, 
you got this superhuman power where you hear all of these conversations. It's like you're just isolated yeah. in and a like, way, and you're just yeah, listening. You're right. Right. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I, I mean, but I think in an environment like that, alcohol is a better yeah do you know what yeah. i'm saying approach because you yeah. get uh-huh. like even a little bit right more something like, about it looser yeah and, and more with people right right yeah. i would Sloppier, much rather right? go to a bar and smoke weed with people than drink uh, alcohol. absolutely any day like, that would be much more fun for me mm. because in my experience people who drink alcohol just like it's just a different energy it's a different vibe I, well, it depends though. Like, for me, I I got I know cool people, and it's just like a drink. It's a glass of wine. Okay. It's too. You know what I mean? It's different than. I mean, well, I've definitely I'm had plenty the one of getting who just wasted. Has the same like drink that. for the mm. two hours that I'm there, <laughs> and mm, right, right. everybody else has had like four. Yeah, it depends. Point. If it's like if it's right, if it's people that are just wanting to get wasted, that's different than. You know yeah. what I mean? Although like, there have I, I don't been know, times. so many like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, different ranges. I I avoid all those situations yeah. to begin right. with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't do like, even appeal to go small. and yeah. have like right. a big group of. And not, we used not, to do that yeah. shit all the time. I used to go with Daryl and this crew where it'd be like Colin would be there. We'd fucking have like it's almost like mafia, <laughs> you know? Having a mob, fucking renting out um, private parts of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know um, Carmine's on Penn? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, we went there one time and rented the back room out and had somebody stand by the door. We smoked that fucking room out so bad. <laughs> I mean, you could see wafts of smoke going out into Carmine's on mm-hmm. Penn. You know, you got families there and it was funny as fuck. But God, there's no way I'd want to be in a big crew like yeah. that again. Yeah. I feel like it's... I always hate having that attention on, like, when you're in a group of, like, 10 people going out, and it's just, like, the the group gets loud at a point, you know? And it's, like, it doesn't matter where you go into. There's some bit of attention that gets drawn your way when you go in. And I just know my tendency for getting in in troubling situations. And so I would always... At some point, I had to learn to avoid those. But that's where weed kind of brings you in instead of... You know, I think alcohol is like an outward projection, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why people get loud because you got to kind of project when you're in a group like that, right? You got to communicate with everybody. If I got to talk to you across the table, that's going <laughs> to mm-hmm. increase. And then, you know, when you're in that kind of environment, the next person's talking over the next person. And, you know, so there's this conversation and that conversation. And then, you know, so it just kind of elevates when you're smoking. At least for me, I'm kind of like, I want to get more into... Uh, connection than that outward just projection Mm. so but i think environment is what creates the great experiment you know the great experience with smoking right and setting the setting Mm -hmm. you know i think i think jujitsu is fucking awesome for smoking weed right i I think jujitsu is awesome for any martial arts um uh I think smoking is great for, you know, mountain biking and rafting and um, paddle boarding and, you know, all of these cool uh, things that you do out. But I think the thing with that is that it's making a connection. 
for me, if I, I kind of feel if somebody made a connection like that once a day, their life would be way better off. Am I saying that somebody should smoke weed at least once a day? I'm not saying they shouldn't. Um, <laughs> well, so for me, though, like, it doesn't always happen. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of times I, I smoke, and I don't necessarily get any more there than not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, because I'm not totally sold on its, you know, absolute goodness or whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you ever think... You know, is, does that thought exist at all that it would be better to get to those states on your own? You know what I mean, does that is that well, like yes that whole like no. nat- naturally debate? I or mean, here's the thing with the natural debate, and this is where I think that we just got to give up this idea. There's nothing in the fucking world that we do anymore that's natural. You know well, what I'm we're saying? We're going to get so, stuck on that word because that word means correct. a million different things. I was going to say you could yeah. even make the argument that it is natural. Well, how about, let me not use that word then. Mm-hmm. How about, do you ever think that um, it would be better for your development as a human being or for your mind to learn how to get to those spaces, um, you know, without the So this is what I think on that. Thing. Yeah, external. I think it's there's external. so many distractions. I look at weed for a lot of people, um, and I don't see it for me this way. I look at it for a lot of people as a buffer. Like that's the thing that can help bring them back to some semblance of sanity because of all the insanity that they've got to deal with. I mean, when we talk about a nine to five job, that's fucking insanity. You're selling your life. You're selling your life for that paycheck. That's what you're trading. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't work. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying, but that's like a model that people kind of build off of. And then we've got, we're selling our lives on computers, looking at our phones hours upon hours. There's all of these things that pull us apart. I think weed is a buffer that can actually help you. I think it can hinder you as well. But that's where I'm, I'm saying, I think it's the environment that you put yourself into is extremely important for the experience and so in that regard i think that if you don't put yourself in those environments then what about the environment without it i think the environment exists without it but i think what it does is it enhances it's a tool right do you always need to use a tool maybe maybe not um so so the argument isn't the argument like um you can jump in after this like um like uh there's a trade-off thing mm-hmm. about it. Like that's that's maybe one way to see it is like, or maybe maybe this makes sense, that it it it, it can be used as a tool, but maybe there's some cost, right? And sometimes the cost outweighs the benefit, and sometimes so then is it a give or take thing? Because then you could say then you don't need it because. You may not get the benefit, but you don't get the cost. And is it is it the same? You know what I mean? Sometimes well, I wonder about that. Go ahead. And then. <clears throat> well, I was gonna say on that specific thing of like getting to that space. <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think there's a clear cut um, answer to that because just like so many human problems that are you know very. Um, per, yeah, a lot of a lot of nuances <laughs> in there, uh, but we'll <clears throat> <laughs> I almost did. But I I think about it from my perspective of you know as a teenager, 
when I've really started regularly smoking, I was about 16 when I started using it more on a on a daily basis, you know, where it became a, a well-accepted part of my life. Um, and for me, the thing was I noticed the impact it had, A, on, on my, my anxiety and my kind of depressive episodes that I had at that time. It helped me navigate those things better. And actually, even though I sometimes it did, as you're saying, kind of exacerbate those anxieties and my social awkwardness, it also helped me navigate that in a way where I, sometimes I'd get stuck in my head, but I would have to find a way to get out of that place in those settings. So, so I used it the same way. Like I, I, I could easily say I self-medicated. Yeah, yeah. Even though I don't believe in the medication, like necessarily yeah. psychological medicating theory or whatever. But yeah. I, I used it that way. But I, you know, yeah. You go ahead. And finish. I was just gonna say on that same tip, what I noticed when skateboarding. That was the first place where I felt that creative connection to it, where it started helping me to, mm-hmm. I started seeing angles in skateboarding differently, understanding my approach to hitting a ledge. I would fucking be able to look at it from all these different perspectives. and Because um, it can like knock you out of that main, like right-brained consciousness that yeah. sometimes we can be in, you know? It can crack that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it would, it would help me slow things down. Like if I was approaching something, I mm-hmm. could piece together what that trick should look like, where I needed to pop, like the the angle of how my foot needed to land on that board. And interestingly enough, a lot of that happened while watching other people skate. I would just see the way their hips would shift, the way the legs would shift, how they would, you know, navigate where they're flipping their foot off off the board to make it flip a certain way and i would just watch that duplicate over and over and it actually helped me like it sounds weird but i I would sit and kind of coach my friends sometimes when i'd watch them doing a trick and i'd be like maybe try putting your foot here and a lot of times that would help me develop my own skateboarding um but i think on that same thing of what you're saying there was a point where i was smoking so much and i i would kind of get to the skate park and it was like who's got weed you know so mm-hmm. we could start the session uh where i found myself yeah. at a point almost like not wanting to skate unless i was high and i and that did become like a little bit of a, my own personal in in internal struggle at a point where it was like how do i how do i access that place if i don't have weed and yeah so i went through a completely similar thing yeah you know i had depression and all kinds of problems or whatever and and i smoked every day at some point pretty young you know around probably more like 14 yeah um and i you know and i eventually got kicked out of school and shit and like i had you know a pretty rough couple few years there so and I definitely would never want Phoenix to start smoking, like my son, who's 14, to be smoking every yeah, day. I mean, so where he's at, you know. But, so that's the hard, this is the hard thing mm-hmm. about it, you know, because we were talking about drugs the other day and bands, right? And how there's some weird thing about cracking, like I'm saying, that um, I think it's actually left brain, like the, mm-hmm. the, the mathematical you know, uh, ego centered, you know, have you ever, have you ever guys, uh, probably not, but there's this dude, um, he wrote this book 
um, the, the mind and his emissary and it's all about left and right brain and it's a lot about at least a big part of it is these studies that they did and I think he may have done some himself about people who had their because they, had, they were epileptics they actually cut the corpus callosum mm -hmm. they like the thing that joins the two brains they cut that and then like uh, it, it did help these people's epilepsy and then uh you know they studied these people and they would develop like two personalities and they figured out ways to like talk to the the single brain so they would like show images on a screen and it's like the right brain controls the left eye and the left brain controls the right eye so you, they would only be a certain thing on this screen and and then they would and they I, I forget the details of it but it's pretty crazy how uh, so once the brain stopped communicating, yeah, they had like two personalities and it was definitely like one guy was actually his, his right brain, his, well, his like, his left brain was actually like an atheist and his left brain was like religious and, and a believer, which is something I go through. So I, I feel like I'm that maybe that has something to do with it. Um, and I also think that so and that's like the ego culture and this like this guy's idea is that um, this culture is like um, or we're, we're like stuck in that in the in the smaller brain even it's like the iceberg on top of the the huge mass you know um, the what the left brain is compared to the right brain like the left brain is what we use all the time that's how we uh, um, I don't know where we exist inside there a lot of the time where the other brain is more the creative type and the um, yeah, so anyway, I, I feel like that's something drugs do is can do is they can crack that like dependency on the smaller aspect, the ego aspect open and the gateways unlock doors. Yeah, it can it, it can it can open you to the vastness that's underneath what you usually are and experience the doors of perception. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can do that. But and so like we were saying, like maybe even some bands couldn't have gotten to the place they got to without it. Like there may have never been a Blood Sugar Sex Magic Chili Peppers album without heroin. Mm -hmm. That's very possible. You know what I mean? They could have never gotten to that place. But at the same time, that guitar player, Frusciante, like that cracked him in half, you know? And, you know, so, so there's a danger to it. There's, you know, right? I, and there's this so. like, it, there's this aspect to it that does open those places. Mm -hmm. But again, I wouldn't want my son Right. You know what I mean? Well, or I, I, I would think, never recommend that to like, I, you know, a young person. I you think know, with psychedelics be, like that, whether it's weed or yeah, weed and psychedelics, yeah. you know, harder. Um, yeah, with kids, we've got to be real thoughtful on the, you know, approach. Is there, you know, I think we've got to live in the real world. And then we can look for some ideals. Ideally, you wouldn't want kids to do any kind of drugs or anything like that until they're old enough, right? So that they can develop their, you know, thought process and they can, you know, like limit their exposure to making really bad choices that could have long-term consequences for them, etc. But if they're in the real world, you do sometimes have to make choices because kids aren't going to be that model of just obey me right just trust me they're gonna right. have to experiment and do things on their own and if we looked at that weed would actually be one of the more benign things for them to try or even you know um, resort to as their place we wouldn't want it 
but how do we prevent kids from doing things like that? And I think that one is you've got to create an environment for self-identity, right? You got to understand or, or start to learn how to understand what you're about. I think that's important. And I think it's an always a growing process. But then let's remove the kids out of it, right? I think that that still needs to be a driving factor. And if that's a driving factor in, in how you live your life, then I look at weed because I don't think weed's a tool for me. I look at weed like um, high-end nutrition, right? That's how important it is for me to look at the amount of mental nutrition I'm going to get from the world, from my experiences. And I think what weed does is provide that high-end nutrition. But I've also steered my life so that, again, that's why I was saying, I don't go to parties that have 12 seats at the table, you know, dinner parties like that, or events where I'm you know, weddings are not places that I really want to be at. You know, just that all those people together, I'm not saying that's bad or, or anything like that. I'm saying, but when that's what people have as their let loose times, there's not really much letting loose. And so they stay in this kind of congestion of an overwhelming too many things going on at one time with weed. What I feel is I can pull back, right? I can pull back and I can get into me. And if I can get into me, I can get into what I'm doing and make that connection. Um, And I think that's extremely positive. But again, that's where I was saying, I wouldn't want to be high sitting unless I was doing like something, okay, I'm going to go there just to observe. And that's going to be my goal of smoking weed. But for me, smoking weed isn't, you know, just to be high and enjoy things. It's to well, so, really get deep into so, the things so that you're doing. So you're always talking about like combining it with things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, snowboarding, riding bikes, jujitsu. In my mind, I would I would be more com- myself um, promoting those things alone, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or like even to a young person. You know what I mean? Like I know you know there's like some weird area there, but let's say someone in their 20s just to take the like some of that stuff out of there um it it would seem more beneficial to promote those things than to say necessarily to do both just because in my in my mind there's a definite cost and a danger to weed and like drugs Mm -hmm. in general because there is the stoner archetype absolutely so you could say you can be a bike rider and smoke and you can do jujitsu and smoke but when someone just smokes, they're a stoner, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm against right. that, but, right. but I'm against that. That's the same person who eats fucking Cheetos all day. That's the same person who plays video games all day. That's the same person who does. So for that whatever. type of person, it's maybe it wouldn't be good to say, just start riding bikes. Maybe it would work. Maybe actually mm-hmm. that would be a good thing, but maybe it would also be a good thing to be like, maybe you should like, you know, take the, take it back on the weed or maybe like take a break. Or, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I can see, like, you know. I, I think, again, it, it becomes an individual, like, journey, right? And if you're not on that journey, see, these are the things that I believe are the most important things in life. And everything comes off of them. Now, people have other belief systems. I mean, I know fucking out-of-shape people that take care of their vehicles like they're fucking... 
immaculate. You know what I'm saying? That's like, wait a second, you're you're fucking personally walking around in a jalopy, but your car <laughs> that you drive, you know what a jalopy is? No, I don't. It's a piece of shit, like ghetto fucking okay, running right. car. It's okay. like, uh, you know, barely running, Italian? the wheels are bent. How do you spell that? I guess Sounds it would be with a J. <laughs> so, but you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you need to work on yourself. That's, in my opinion, I think your physical vehicle is one of the most important things. And, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Um, is your mind more important than your body? But you can't have a strong mind without having a strong body. I'm not saying there's not rare people like Stephen Hawkins and people like that. But for the most part, we, we know that most of your feel-good chemicals come from your gut, right? So if you have a shitty diet, if you don't exercise, and I don't even like the word exercise because to me exercise is a task that I have to do. If somebody sits around all day, if that's what their life is, in my opinion, you shouldn't exercise. You should get a big old fat ass so you're carrying around your fucking you know, lazy boy with you because you're gonna be sitting. Well, your body adapts, right? It's putting on all that cushion so that you can sit. I don't think people should be like that. I think that your body's a machine. It's not meant to sit for long periods of time. It's meant to move, it's meant to go. Um, but you, you've got to develop that, right, to have a strong mindset to have a balanced mindset and so those things are absolutely important and then we've got to look at well if if that's the key to everything I think this is for parents right because I hear this all the time from women especially like you know oh I can't do this because I got to do this for my kids and you know my kids are the number one thing this is what I say no you got to make you the number one thing because if you're like getting overworked, you're getting stressed because of all the kids and all the places you got to go. Well, you're going to perform poorly for your kids. You're going to break down. But if you build yourself up, then even if a good portion of that time is spent on you, you're still going to have way more energy. You're going to have way more reserves. You're going to have way more attention for your kids. So all around the experience is going to be better, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, that's what you've got to build. Then you've got to have nutrition, right? So good nutrition is paramount to feeling good, to being successful, etc. Then you have to have good mental nutrition. And so again, we look at the things that we could look at. Well, the reality of it is most people are on social media. Okay, in my mind, social media is way more of a fuck you than smoking weed. If somebody was going to smoke weed and meditate, somebody was going to smoke weed and go for a bike ride, somebody was going to go smoke weed, go for a run, we say, okay, well, there's that that you're going to get out of it. Or somebody says, well, I'm a purist and I don't smoke weed, but they're on their computer for the two or three hour time that that other person is experiencing their experience. I would, in my opinion, put my... Well, that's not apples to apples or whatever. Well, you know? right. It so would have I, to be the guy that rides his bike with the herb and the guy that rides his bike without the herb. Right. So that what I'm saying, comparison. so this is what I'm saying. My motivation is to get people to enjoy the herb and 
take on these tasks because I think, or, or take on these challenges or, or do these things because I think you can get deeper into making society better that way. I think that you, you can, when people talk about being in tune, I think those things get you in tune. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many, in my mind, benefits. I'm not saying they, that there's not risks involved, but I'm saying if your lifestyle is where you're, you're having depressive bouts anyway, in my mind, you need to change your lifestyle. And if you change your lifestyle, well, you can look at some of the things that people, that draws them into that, right? One is the psychological paradigm that they're in. I think you can change that smoking. I think you can change that smoking while you're doing things that pull you physically out of it, right? You know, for me, you can't really get to everybody. So the people that I want to get to, because the ones that I see as being, you know, at least somewhat open is a lot of times the people who smoke weed. And so for me, that's like, okay, well, at least there's a crack in where they're open to receiving information. And I'm not saying that's an absolute, but it seems to come with a, a, a theme that I've experienced that those people are more open to new ideas and new approaches and, and new things like that, um, hmm. you know, than not. And so that's interesting because that, that, that kind of goes with what I'm saying, like how, you know, because when I think about it, I'm thinking about, I mean, it is about, you know, if you say lifestyle, it's about habits, it's about addictions, and like, and and creating a good hierarchy in your life of things that are important to you and what, you know, and, and how much time maybe you spend on certain things. And so, you know, having the things that develop the mind, body, spirit um, in your life, you know, and I have a hard time balancing all that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, all, it's a constant challenge. Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so mind altering things are a part of that landscape. Right. And, and so a lot of the time I do look at like how other cultures handle, handle stuff like that. You know, you do have, for instance, the, like the sadhus, the Shivites in India, you know, there's like a few like sects, right. In Hinduism. And one of them, they smoke herb you know, whatever it's called. So they say um, it was meant for the pleasure of mankind. Who said that? I, that's what... <laughs> Some of them, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, I mean, I've read right. that before, but I don't know. Right, yeah, maybe. I you know, there's, into it. <laughs> there's some ideas that it came from there. It came from India. And maybe Indus Valley, you know, Indica or whatever, right? Um, and even like stories about how they brought some of these, uh, like the sadhu types to Jamaica to build the railroads because yeah. they like bought, brought all these like Indians and that's where dreadlocks come from because they have locks and even these Shivites that smoke weed have locks, right? Shiva was the first image with dreadlocks. Okay. Yeah. Oh, or Samson in the Bible. I believe Shiva's the oldest image. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. The, the uh-huh. Indus Valley, oh, as far as like finding an actual, for yeah, sure, yeah. because. Statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, for sure. Yeah. But as far as like stories go. But um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, you know, I even saw some in Northern India and they would like before temple or, you know, service of whatever they do, they would all go in these tiny little square things that are like the size of a 
portal it but like five people could like kind of be in there and it's like a stone thing and some are hanging out you know what i mean and like uh, it's a really small space and there would be gusts of smoke you know billowing out of it yep yeah Yeah, those big ones right uh and yeah huge amounts of smoke you know and so so they use it in a traditional setting that probably has like deep history to it right um, but those are monks. I don't, I don't even know if the, like, because also normal people are, like, a part of those sects, you know what I mean? So I don't think Shivite normal people, um, like, maybe you would say, like, the not the Brahmins. I don't know if they actually smoke, if they use it as a spiritual practice as well. Or if it's a lot only. of them drink bang, too. That's, uh-huh. that's, like, a really popular thing over there. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd be willing to bet a lot of the people that don't smoke probably still drink bang because it's, like, a holy sacrament maybe it's like it's hard to tell too because modernity has been through india too so it's broken up some of their traditions as well that's true right so um so it's hard to tell because the places i saw bang was like a white person thing but you know you know um up north it's a little different and i spend less time up north in south india they're they're also not i don't think there's as many of the shivites down there where i was and they're they're more traditional and uh, they looked down on any. I mean, even alcohol was like it was hard to find. Like there's maybe like an American hotel you'd have to go to. Um, well, you know that's not totally true because I also knew a guy that was an alcoholic. Um, so he's getting his liquor somewhere. <laughs> but he was like always red eyed. But yeah, so I looked to things like that, like to see how they. So yeah, so you got the landscape of things in your life and how to like design your life well. Um, and the mind altering things are a part of that, you know, like I, um, I've also like quit drinking for years at a time. Um, there was a period of time when even in my early twenties, I was probably 21, 22, where I quit drinking at, at, at all. And I would just smoke weed at parties. So I'd bring a bunch of little tiny joints. Yeah, I mean, and, and because everybody back then, the people I knew were getting fucking wasted mm-hmm. on the weekends. And I still wanted to like hang out and stuff. So I tried doing it with weed. So it's always been a thing for me to try to like figure out my relationship with stuff, you know. And I've seen it do bad things and it's done bad things in my life, right? The, the, the habit, the addiction, and you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so I'm always trying to put it in the right place. And, and, uh, um, and like I said, I do it in creative ways, you know. I, I like to train. You know, I like to smoke and then come here, you know, and train. Um, uh, and I like to do creative things. And, and there it makes sense to me. And then also, like I said, some social settings, laughing, just hanging out with people. That makes sense to me, too. But I see the danger. And maybe I'm an addictive personality. I don't know. Like, I think the fact that I have discipline in so many things, like, protects me a little bit from my addictive personality. Um but what do you see the danger in, like, um, environment-wise? That, that's what I'm saying. Not, I, I understand, mm-hmm. like, that there's dangers associated with a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. But where do you see that existing? For, like with weed? Mm-hmm. Just, um, I think, like, sometimes, you know, like I said, I think what it does, like, it's important for, like, I try to break down what it does. Like, why do I use it, you mm-hmm. know? And like I said, it breaks down that one aspect uh, that, you know, let's say left brain 
ego um, thing that I'm constantly maybe so absorbed in that I'm not like in the moment. I'm not, you know, it's like, I even think with psychedelics, I need a lot mm -hmm. to shake me out of my skepticism and rationalism. You know, I exist up there a lot. You know okay, I mean? so, you know I mean? <laughs> so let me rephrase it. Okay. Where do you, where, where did you say it was successful? Uh, music, creative creativity, and then opens up physical. Yeah, right? yeah, because I consider those things both flow in the moment. Yeah, kind of kind of thing. And so that's right. that's what I'm saying is mm -hmm. that those I don't think anybody would disagree that those things are absolutely necessary to live a healthy, balanced life, especially in this day and age where we don't have to be a you know warrior specific or you don't have to be a farmer specific you know you've got choices at least here in this country and so that's exactly what i'm talking about is that you you look at those environments where it helps you excel right at least for most people i'm sure i know there's outliers who don't and they excel in their fields they're at the top of their game but there's also a lot of times you see problems that come along with that there's a you know direct you know like either some crazy personality trait or some sort of you know baggage that goes along with that where i think that we can help temper that but that's what i'm saying is that it goes in it fits in those places not in all these other places that pull people because i feel it's got such a strength in the place that you apply it right mm -hmm. yeah that if you sit around and play video games and then you smoke weed you're going to be like really really good at sitting around playing video games and smoking mm -hmm. weed but that's right? so that is the other thing it does i also like it for movies mm -hmm. right because that allows you to like experience the movie mm -hmm. right otherwise i'm thinking i'm judging it i'm like thinking about you know what i mean yeah. and somehow it like it helps it capture me you know, so so that is another thing it does. You know, mm -hmm. it, it like strengthens the um, I don't know, I don't know what that is. That ability to to I mean, it is in the moment thing. It's a story thing. Yeah, but so so even even that has its its good effect too. But then you're right. So then you could also just be playing video games like all day long, which a kid will do anyway, and that'll just like that could exacerbate it. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just gonna throw out. Yeah. Growing up, I wasn't super physically fit i guess i mean i was obese until i was probably like 11 or 12 when i found a skateboard even playing basketball up until that age i was i was a heavy set kid on the basketball court huh. I, I was decent at basketball but i would have been a lot better if i would have been in shape <laughs> uh <clears throat> when i got into my later teens my dad was always trying to like even as much as I skateboarded, which was often six to eight hours a day, school or no school. Um, and I, you know, I was in decent shape in that regard, but uh, you know, it takes a lot of core strength to skate and just, it, it does take a lot of endurance to be able to skate that long and keep doing it. But um, I was never physically like super strong. So my dad would always be like, you know, lift weights, this and that, trying to get me, into that mode and it wasn't until like I moved to Denver I was in my 20s young 20s and working at the steakhouse and all these people wanted to go and 
do uh, group workouts at Red Rocks. You know, we would go meet there at like 5 a.m. before the sun would come up and we'd just run up and down the stairs. And I, it didn't seem, I guess, appealing to me, you know, at first until it really was shifted my perspective. And it sounds weird, but was hearing Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about when he was a bodybuilder and how he would smoke joints throughout the day to keep his sessions like it would get him into that zone to mm-hmm. you know yeah. to lift weights that's right and stuff, pumping so. air and he was like smoking yeah and, and like i think he was trying to get like ferrigno to smoke yeah and was, like, <laughs> i mean he, he said he was, yeah. it was like a ridiculous amount at least yeah. at that time to think yeah. that he would you know somebody like that was smoking like eight or nine joints a day um mm-hmm. and i i remember that like hearing that and then when we would go on these these kind of group workouts at red rocks a couple of us would shimmy off to the side to go smoke and that made me actually appreciate the aspect of physical fitness that much more. And yeah, you can feel so much more, right? Yeah, you yeah. feel the burn, yeah. and it's not like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's like, let's feel it. Yeah. You know, you embrace it. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, those were intense workouts, you know, for me to go from not. Mm-hmm. Like I never, I never even gone to a gym at that point. In full disclosure, I mean, I I'm maybe done a few sets of like weightlifting just at home because we had a bench there, and you know, I, there was a point where I was lifting weights, but it was very minimal compared to this experience where we would just start with a dead sprint from the very bottom of Red Rock stairs all the way to the top, and we go back down and we would sprint up the. The bleachers. Yeah, the bleachers and, you gotta run different. Yeah, but yeah. every skip step. every like ten or fifteen we would stop to do twenty, thirty dips mm-hmm. and then go up another ten, fifteen, stop and do push ups, go up, stop and do sit ups, whatever. And Did we you ever do the planner boxes? That was that was always how we would end was yeah. climbing up the planners. That was mm-hmm. the, the end to every workout. And at some point we would go up on the stage and they would have like the rafters and shit built up for the, you know, whatever the performance was that night. And we'd be doing pull-ups and stuff on those and just making a fun workout out of it or doing crab mm-hmm. crawls up the stairs. That shit was fucking, or wheelbarrows mm-hmm. and stuff like that, reverse bear crawls. Shit was intense, but the, the, the planner was always my favorite part. And that was like where I felt like the peak of the high would kick in because it was like everybody wanted to give up. And it was like, we just got to do this one last thing. We're just climbing up all the fucking planner boxes and get to the top. And you just have this very surreal moment while the sun's coming up of, you know, the adrenaline dump. You just got through this intense workout. You're already stoned. It's fucking 7 a.m. Now we got to go open up the restaurant and uh yeah it was just it it it, it, it left an impact and yeah uh, yeah it really does man i i think when you get into those like really push yourself moments i personally feel and again most people won't do this they won't push themselves to that part where they want to quit every day i think you should i think weed helps people push themselves to that part where they would want to quit every day and if you can do that man i mean again to me the negative if you're trying to do that is so minuscule to the positive benefit you get from it and if that's what it takes to motivate someone to do that i'd rather do that than hope that they can do it naturally Um, because most people naturally wouldn't they just won't right i think you can get to more people by saying hey give this a shot then maybe the elites will say fuck i don't need that i can you know do whatever but the rest of you know us peasants who need it 
You know what I'm saying? Can fucking use utilize it as that punch. You know, so for me, at this point in my life, I coexist with it. Like, um, when I got COVID, you know, I didn't smoke for that uh, week. I mean, that didn't affect me one way or the other as far as, man, I really wish I could get high. Um, but besides that, I smoke pretty much most of the days and, you know, a portion throughout the days. But, you know, I do like one hit you know, a couple hits before I come in and start training in the morning. And then, you know, maybe a couple hits when I go home for lunch. We do a couple hits before class, you know, later in the evening. Um, but I don't even know if I would smoke like a whole packed bowl by myself in a day. Like, but I smoke frequently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> time, right? Hey, it's okay. I smoke more than one bowl in a day sometimes. So. I mean a joint like I, I could like a joint would last me a day if you know if it wouldn't get all nasty and fucking you know yeah. but if you got like a fresh joint amount that's probably what would be a you know unless but I'm saying unless I'm doing <laughs> something that's still right? low for you or the what? one is just the appetizer for the three that's his that wake up that's there. like his alarm goes off when I work he with- sits there and smokes a whole joint <laughs> I mean, I got, you know, my, my usual clients, I got maybe two or three of them that I don't get high before I go to, you know, I still might even just take a little rip or something, but I'm not, I'm not like ripped when I go in there, just out of respect for them. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and even then it's like, uh, they wouldn't say anything, but then I got my other clients, Gary, one specific that he'll have a joint rolled when I get there. We'll smoke that whole joint. He'll roll another joint, and I'll have to be like, let's start the session. Right. And then I leave there, and I'll smoke weed when I get home. But before I come in here, I'm usually smoking a whole bowl before I leave the house, and then I rip Do down another I, bowl before I walk in the door. Everybody pulled up the other day. There's fucking wafts of smoke coming out of everybody's vehicles. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've slowed down a lot. Like at this point, I watch Gary and Evan smoke when I'm at the tattoo shop with them. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, how are you guys awake? And I only think that because they're in this, you know, they're like having to sit for long periods. I would be nodding off by that point if I had to sit that long. But there was a time when I would have several blunts rolled in the morning First thing would be, I, I would have my bong on the side of the bed. I would roll over, take a rip, <laughs> fucking go start my day, smoke a, a fucking blunt while I'm making breakfast and shit, smoke another joint on my way to work, and then it would be any chance I got to, like, slip out the door. Sometimes I'd keep a bowl packed by the door. If I was if I was working in kitchens, it was terrible. We would just keep a community bowl packed in the fucking dumpster, like, in the little arm thing. We would have joints rolled up. Everybody would have, like, we would just fucking circulate and take turns mm-hmm. supplying. and Taking uh, the trash out. Yeah. It got, to the, it got to the point where my managers, like... They and I, I would feel bad about it, but in a lot, a lot of times, I think it just came down to the fact that I would bust my ass off any kitchen I worked in. I was, I try to make a point to be the hardest worker, and I think I'm typically like that in any situation I go into. I always 
want to try to outwork as many people as I can. And uh, in the kitchen, it was always the phrase was dancing circles. So they would say, "We're you're dancing circles around everybody. And it sounds weird to think there's a competition in a kitchen, mm-hmm. but they were highly competitive anywhere I went was, to. Well, did anybody ever like smoke too much and then they're fucking up the floor oh, of the kitchen? Or yeah, whatever? I would like, like <laughs> and this is this is where uh, it, it became hypocritical because I th- for a while I was the lead in, at Bojo's in Arvada. Like I was leading that kitchen for couple years as a young dude like I was 21 22 they put me in charge you got guys that are in their 30s and they couldn't handle their fucking weed I'm fucking Mm. ripped like I'm coming in ripped off my ass and the GM knows that I'm stoned (laughs) and they would have to like have a meeting and be like no weed but then they would like kind of give me a wink and I would have times where I'd be stressed out my manager would be like just go just go hit the joint real fast. Just yeah, you got to know what you can handle, right? You got to know yeah. where you function. Yeah. But that's where, again, knowing people don't really know themselves. They don't know, like, what works for them. Yeah. You know, for me, again, I don't – and maybe that's why I haven't gone so deep in a trip. I don't like it when I don't have – when I can't throw that fucking safety line out and pull myself back up. I don't like being that far gone. And with drinking, you know, that's why I stopped drinking was just because there's a point where, one, I always, uh, or I started to feel like shit. So I think I stopped when I was like 29. Um, But then you just see people getting sloppy and you're like, man, am I sloppy like that? Am I out of control? Do I not have control of my faculties? Um, You know, that's such a important thing for people to to know when they get so high that they can't function it's like well you're not you're not using the tool right i had to fire guys for being too stoned yeah but if meanwhile i'm stoned but if they could get high and they can function they can fucking work you're i think you're going to get better work out of them i think you're going to get more in tune they're not going to get stressed out as much they're not going to be bitching and complaining as much they're going to be happy fucking around which if you got a happy environment, you got, you know, more yeah. energy that's going to be positive. Mistakes roll in. You can deal with them. It's not like, oh, shit. Oh, and then it gets worse. And then it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I think a lot of times the negatives outweigh the or, or the positives outweigh the negatives on it. But it goes into where you can take it you know, just as easily too far. And then it's such a um, enhancing tool that then you can take it too far in that other direction too well, you know, where then you got somebody who is become a ultra lazy fuck because, you know, it gets them better at whatever it is that they're doing. I don't know. Does it get you better at photography? Yes. (laughs) Um, it might take me a little longer because I delve into it, but, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what if I do this? Okay, well, now what if I do this? How about this? Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of get lost <laughs> in all the, the possible trade. Just a little more. <laughs> but I don't like where your toe's fun. at in this frame. Like, I normally tend to smoke towards the second half of the day, towards the evening. Um... If I do earlier than that, it's either because I'm, you know, I have to clean the house (laughs) or um, I'm doing something creative. 
So if I know that I'm going to be editing photos for five hours, six hours, I'm probably going to smoke a little bit yeah. at some point. I might not start smoking. I might start, and then once I'm feeling a little like, okay, I need to take a break from the screen, I need to go eat something, then I'll smoke, and I'll get like a better second wind. So for you guys, on that regard, would you um, – have you guys ever done like a test – like, okay, I'm going to... How long it actually do, takes. Not necessarily time, because I, I could see where efficiency can get lost, um, at least in a step-by-step manner. You might be more efficient in other ways, but I could see, like, that process being a little bit jumbled. But, like, if you smoked and did a piece, and then if you were sober and were either continuing working on that piece or did a similar piece? Would would there be a lot of difference in the I'll use my outcome? example for photo editing. <laughs> there are times where I'm working on one specific piece and I just can't get something right. Like I can't get it to look how I want it to. Or maybe I think I'm done, but I feel like, okay, I'm gonna not look at this until tomorrow. I need some fresh eyes for it. Well, when first when I look at it a second time, I can see some things that I would probably change, but that's the case all the time. So if I smoke weed, though, and I go and edit that, I will start from scratch. I'll say, okay, just back to the original file. Let's, let's do this again. I, it, the outcome is way better. Is it noticeably different or is it subtly different? Well, I don't know. Now I feel like that can be a little subjective. Um, To me, it's noticeable, but maybe to some other people, like, oh, yeah, you just changed the one thing when in reality Mm -hmm. I did But sometimes those one things, right, are the keys (laughs) to the universe. sometimes. Do you, like... Yeah, I would put it like um, that it's good for some things and not good for other things, so... There's certain, let's say for painting, there's certain uh, processes um, that it's not good for me to do it on. Like if I have to juggle a lot of elements, like the paint's going to dry this fast and I got to think about, you know, this color and I got to remember that this shape is there for me to maintain in an underpainting. If there's like processes like that, Mm -hmm. I don't like to smoke because I'll forget something. Sure. You know what I mean? I'll start listening to the podcast. I'll start getting into the music and I'll, I'll lose. I can't juggle all those elements. But the times when, for one, like detail work, you know, um, when I, well, here's what it is. When I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm like, okay, this is going to take me three hours, you know, I got it, right? And then I can really get into it, Mm -hmm. right? And so in those times, I could say that maybe you could see that it was better just because I was able to get so into the process. More uh, daring. Yeah, but, you know, I, I could easily make the argument that there'd be no difference because there's also times when maybe I get too into the detail and because that reasonable mind has been subdued a little bit, it's not like, hey, hey, man, you got to use a bigger brush. You got to step back a little bit. And then I put two hours into that just because I got all into it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be able to say one or the other would be better. Um, would it be noticeably different, though, do you think? Like... You know, let, let's let say you worked on this painting right here, right? Mm, yeah. And you did the first half of it, whichever mm. that might be. And I'm not right. talking about like undercoats. I'm talking about as it's coming together, right? right? The creativity 
part and then colors. So let's say you did half yeah. and then mm. you came back and you smoked yeah. and did the other half, right? Well, uh, are you imagining like the other half being way more intricate or way more colorful or well, maybe are you thinking like because like a, a difference mm -hmm. that's noticeable could be even the types of colors you use the tones of the colors like the mm -hmm. grouping of the colors and it might still have the same technique and everything mm -hmm. um, but it just has a different shade on it right so it has a different feeling behind mm -hmm. it well that, that's what i'm saying is is that like okay. that those differences might be noticeable, they might, you know, they might not, but, you know, to, to an outside perspective, but to yourself, do mm -hmm. you, do you think, see that? That's yeah, to me, like, they're definitely, you know, I spend so much time just staring at the piece as well, that sometimes I don't know what to do. So I'm just like staring at it, and I just don't know. And, and sometimes I'll get an idea, and maybe I wouldn't have had that idea otherwise, you know, or maybe... Man, it's, it's really, I wouldn't, you know, the way I see it is like, you know, I have both of those brains are working to work on a painting, my left and my right. And sometimes I need my reasonable, mm -hmm. mathematical, procedural aspect. And then other times I need to get into it. And that's what the weed's good for. And, and the weed's also good for inspiration and ideas. I think that might be the thing that's best for me. Mm -hmm. That is the most benefit that I get from it is if just the generation of ideas if if art is um about that aspect if that is like you could say one of the more important aspects of art is is the idea the inspiration where that you know where that comes from weed gives me that um so that's what maybe the most benefit for me sometimes just a boom it's like oh man you know and then i gotta sketch it out the idea and you know those kind of things I might not have come across without it. What, right. what about you with music? Does it, <clears throat> well, writing music? I was just thinking, the only, for, first of all, I can relate to the painting thing because with, with food, with cooking, that was, that, that's the one place where I could at least definitely verify a difference in my behavior of cooking sober on a busy night versus cooking stoned on a busy night where and it sounds this sounds as backwards because i think most people would be losing track of tickets and time when they're really stoned but for me it helped me find that flow state in the kitchen where i would know on a, like mother's day for instance was one of our biggest selling days at the cake and those were usually 40 to fifty thousand dollars selling nights um Usually that's like $35,000 of food, 15 in alcohol sales and stuff. So you could imagine, you know, right, we'd be opening at what, two o'clock, maybe noon. Um, and the hostess would come back and she would say, we've got 200 menus open at, you know, at right at two. Like that, that's how many people are reserved for two o'clock. And so I would time out. I got 15 minutes before all the 200 heads come in and sit down. I'm gonna go fucking take a rip, come back in, and then I would get my station all organized. But I can remember differences in how I would cook when I was sober, or at least sobering up from a high in the morning or something. And it <laughs> was that's like, all there. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah essentially, yeah. That's, all that's, yeah. that's the only gap. I, I yeah. just know that I thought about things in a very mechanical sense. It was like, 
a ticket would come in and I'd go, all right, I got scallops, I got fucking hot wings, I got fucking baked brie, and it's like, I gotta drop the oil in the pan, I gotta set the scallops, and then I've got three minutes to fucking flip them or whatever, like, whatever it was, it was like I thought about everything in that very mechanical sense versus when I'd get really stoned, all of a sudden, I'm just feeling flow the, the flow of yeah. the kitchen. I'm doing the dance, you know? W- would you have that same, though, like, because you could even you know, do this in playing music, right? Being up in like live, let's say you had two nights in a row and you played the same set. I've done that. Right? Okay, so was there a noticeable like change in you (laughs) on the the high day versus the non-high day? Absolutely. And it goes both ways because I've had the experiences when I first started playing live music, like when I was, you know, 24, I can remember vividly one specific set where I got too stoned. And it was just because I hadn't had that experience of being on stage enough. I probably should have, you know, taken that into consideration in my younger career of just getting comfortable being on stage, Mm -hmm. at least being slightly less stoned, you know, I'll just say that. Um, yeah, work your way up. I, you got to practice. I, I mean, I, it sounds yeah. lame, but you got to well, practice. Well, I used yeah. to never want to smoke in front of people, but then I started getting more comfortable yeah. with that. I used to not want to train um, while high at all, Like, but then I tried. And then it's yeah. like, this is good. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the other thing, too, it's weird with music is, like, I do remember specific times where we had, like, a string of three or four shows, and I'd go, okay, tonight I can't smoke. Like, I, I need to remember my fucking lyrics. But it also depends on the other band members, too. That's I think that's one of the riskier maneuvers with smoking and playing live is i'm not just dependent on how i handle my situation when i'm stoned it's how is my drummer feeling tonight how is my guitar player feeling how's my bass player feeling am i going to be able to just rely on them to remember their parts or do i have to command the stage while i'm up here because sometimes i have to play director i'll literally have to be playing keyboard sometimes and take one hand off to like signal a fucking change is coming or something or to bring down the tempo prince prince's moves he had like a hip move yeah and you look over here i've got you know i've got (laughs) (laughs) well and they would like signal different parts of the song or different aspects bring it up bring the tempo down they you know him and james brown both had like dance moves that they and you thought they were just all fucking jamming really it's sign language it really is sign language yeah i mean i've had players too where i've told them i'm like if i put my hand out this way it means the change is coming. If I put it down, I'm telling you to bring the the noise down, you know, so, so we can amplify the moment or something. Like, it, it all had to do with dynamics, essentially. Um, but we've gotten to the point where now it's really it's just eye contact, and they, they all kind of know when I'm when I'm telling them, when I'm giving them a certain look. It's either I'm letting you know your solo's coming up or I'm letting you know you're playing the fucking wrong pattern here. So that's it's less like, effective if you're high. Or it's more effective. Well, now I've got the solid crew where I I can trust these guys and I know that they can handle their weed. I've had players in the past where if I see somebody smoking weed, I'm like, fuck, like I can't smoke weed now because I have to make sure that they're Mm -hmm. on the ball this whole time. So that's kind of how I have to gauge it is understanding how they can handle their shit. And if I can trust them, then it's like I can get stoned and be in the moment. Everything just flows. I can trust that they're going to remember their parts. But if I've got a new player, if I've got somebody that's 
a wild card, uh, like I've had se- several in the past, then I know I have to be on, I have to be stone cold sober mm-hmm. to fucking mm-hmm. keep everything connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can relate with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like you're the mom of the band. I am. I'm the mom and the dad. The mom and the, the dad. The mom and the dad. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's a f- hour 45. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now that we are done talking about weed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just thought it was funny that we always ended like that. Yeah, I could think of a better way to... So like we could be like, ending. thank you all for watching um, and listening. And don't forget to subscribe and follow Ascent 420 Colorado. All right. Cool. All right. And if you smoke weed, it's a positive thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a net positive. It can be, can be for sure. a negative thing, though. The question will remain. Well, in my experience, though, like... When training, it always pushes me. I, it's like, I don't even feel the pain. Like the pain becomes like a massage. I don't know how to explain. Yeah, you get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah.